Hey, Cousin Bryce, it's Jeffra, your girl from season 28. Just wanted to stop by and say, hey, I love the podcast, but baby boy, that new single, Set Back a Fire. So, so, so good. So proud of you. I can't wait till this quarantine is over so that we can hang out. Going to get you down here to Kentucky to cook me some of that Cousin Bryce's rice. Love you, boo-boo. It's, 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 it's the Purple Pants Podcast. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You trying to unwind? You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You trying to get your snack? You better hurry right back though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Bryce Isaiah, and yes, I'm so excited for another week of the Purple Pants Podcast. Yes, how's everyone doing? How you been? Hope your family is good. You know me, I'm busy as a quarantine B E E. I'm busy as a quarantine B. Oh, cr- yeah. So, ooh, I had a busy, busy, busy week ahead of me last week. Last Wednesday was my mom's birthday, and so I tried to, like, organize this big birthday quarantine. And my mom has been, like, you know, kind of feeling down, even though I know she is not telling me. But I know my mom, and I know that this quarantine has been getting to her. And I know that she is, like, lonely because it's just her and John. And, you know, we aren't visiting because we're trying to keep them safe. So I tried to organize, you know, this, like, drive-by of a birthday so I wanted all of my friends and family members to meet up around the corner from my mom's house decorate our cars and you know drive by the neighborhood like beep 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 we here for my mom's birthday. And I wanted to do like a little cake and ice cream, you know, in her backyard, keeping our social distance. And I was like, you know, nervous because I had to enlist the help of my stepdad, John. And, you know, John, it's hard for him to keep a secret. And, you know, John be wanting to know all the details. Like, well, what time are you going to get here? How many people you think are coming? Do I need to get anything? Should I go to BJ? Should I go to Costco? Like, you know, John all over the place. So I'm like, no, John, we just I just need for you to get mommy outside when I tell you to. But I was so overwhelmed uh, with the amount of my friends that came out, my family that came out. You know, I had my best friend, Dara, her mom, my sisters there, my brother, uh, my nephew, Wendell, and, you know, just, you know, Sarah Iberios. And it just turned out really, really great. My mom was, like, overwhelmed with, like, just so surprised. And just, like, you know, it was just so nice to see my mom emotional because it's like, you know, I just wanted to take the time out to let her know that we love and we care for her. So it was so much fun. So. I um I tried to compile the videos and make a video, but I, I you know I can't do that. And then Wendell was like, I'll do it, I'ma do it, I'ma do it. So hopefully when this podcast comes out, I'm gonna release the video of just like you know of everything that went into it on my Instagram. So guys, make sure that you check it out because it was so much fun. And you know, I'm just glad my mom got you know, just all my life my mom does for me and has done for me and continues to do for me. So it was just like, you know, so good for me to finally like, you know, show her some appreciation and it was just amazing. But enough about Bob and her birthday. Let's get into this. You know what we got on this episode because we got a juicy episode. I'm so excited for this episode. So on this episode, we got our church announcements. I have the Survivor News and I'm so excited to welcome Chris Underwood to the podcast. I've got the Netflix series 
Hollywood. I've got the HBO show Insecure. I've got our Purple Pants Picks. I've got Advice with Bryce. We've got Barb's Message. And you know ain't no podcast complete without the freak of the week, baby. So, yes, I'm excited for this episode. Is you ready? Because I'm ready. I said, is you ready? I can't hear you. Are you ready for this episode? All right, let's get into it. Okay, so on this week's church announcements, I got about three, four church announcements, you know, something, you know, something for the posse so y'all know what's going on. First on the church announcements, you know, this weekend, Sequester released their miniseries. They did, you know, a RHAP miniseries. They did a Big Brother miniseries. And then they announced that they are doing a Survivor miniseries. And Big Bay, they released the cast. And whoo, what do you know? Your baby boy is going to be on the Sequestered miniseries Survivor edition. That is going to be this Saturday, which is May 23rd at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Baby, so yes, you're gonna see your baby boy competing on the Survivor mini series of Sequester, and it's gonna be you know, whoo, it's a lot. So, hopefully, baby boy got his game together. We're gonna see. I've been trying to watch you know the Sequester mini series on YouTube to stay up on my game. And if you guys want to watch me and the other you know, Survivor contestants, and there's a lot of people on there, you know, you got Chelsea Walker from Idol Islands of the Idols, you got Sunday, you got Mama C, you got PG, you got the War Dog, you got Dean, Kelly Wentworth, you know, it's a big, it's a lot, it's a lot of them, so it, it's about 20 of us competing, so it should be fun, so if you guys want to check it out, make sure you guys go to sequesteraccess.com, and you guys can watch for free, yes, second on the church announcements, I just want to give a happy birthday shout out to one of our Purple Pants Posse members, they celebrated over the weekend, their birthday, and I just want to say, mamas, the mamas, Miss Amy, I hope you had an amazing birthday birthday thank you so much for supporting me and loving me mamas love me like i'm a son and mamas always says she has like children and family members by blood and some by love and guess what i'm an adopted member by love to mamas miss amy's family so i just want to take the time to say happy birthday i hope you had an amazing birthday and thank you so much for all your love and support also guys over the weekend i did a rhap wrap up of the challenge with my girl Allie Lasher and Brian Cohen and we talked about the challenge the most recent episode of the challenge so if you guys want to check that out you want to hear some more of your baby boy make sure you head over to our the wrap up on RHAP and check that out oh okay it was fun too ooh baby listen you might find me on team mom cause whoo some of them people ooh well one particular person on the challenge baby whoo Zaddy alert. But listen, go ahead and go over there and check that podcast out so you can figure out who my new Zaddy heartthrob is. But all right, now let's get into this last church announcement. Hey, y'all, what's up? It's Missy Bird from Island of the Idol, season 39. If y'all didn't know, I just want to make sure you did. Me and Aaron do Survivor trivia every single weekend in quarantine. We've had people like Eric. We've had Big Wendy. And not to mention the one and only Mr. Purple Pants himself. We've had Bryce on. It's been a great time. If you want to come play trivia with us and a bunch of other alumni, just check out my page. The link will be in my bio for you to sign up. Thank y'all. I'll see y'all later. 
It's a man who? It's a menu. Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. It's a man who? It's a menu. Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. We are back this week with our Survivor News. I am so excited for a multitude of reasons. Well, you know, because it's, it's Survivor News and we got our baby boy, Jack Atkins. Jack, are you with us? Yes, sir. What's going on today, Bryce? How you doing? I am chilling. I'm, I can't complain. How about yourself? Doing well, man. I'm, I'm sad the season has come to a close, but it was awesome to watch. and I'm really excited to talk about it with you and our special guest today. Yes. Well, speaking of special guests, I figured, you know what? You know, if Survivor Winners at War is coming to an end with Edge of Extinction. Why not get this special guest up on here? He is a friend in my head. You know, a friend <laughs> in my heart. And you know, I, I just love this person. So, uh, you know, I, I call her. You might know him as something else, but the only way I know how to introduce this person is Underwood! Chris Underwood, welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. Oh, crap. What up? Oh, okay. Chris, what's going on, man? I've been waiting on that. I've been holding that. Oh, crap for like oh. man all day yeah that was building up i could tell oh let me find out we got spicy chris on the podcast <laughs> today i'm bringing I'm, all kinds of flavor bryce just he's got every, the heat he's got time. the smoke dude, dude baskin robbins today let's go <laughs> i'm here for it but real quick before we get into it how are you chris how's everything how's my sister wife was popping what's going on life is good sister wife is good our little Fur baby is good. We are in Charleston, South Carolina. We are about to close on a townhouse uh, on Tuesday. So making moves in life. Got uh, settling down a little bit. So it's yes. it's good. Life's good. That, Work's that's good. Dope. Everything's good. That's Con- good. Does the congrats ta- does on the, the real town- estate move. Does the townhouse have a guest bedroom? <laughs> oh shoot! You know it does. It actually has. It actually has this nice. Kate's been looking up because I got to work from home now. So we got an office space, but there's this bed. It's called a Murphy bed. Uh-huh. It drops down. It turns into a bookshelf. And then when uh-huh. a guest comes over, it just drops into a bed. It's, uh-huh. And she's just been pitching me on this for weeks. So we finally conceded. So yes, we do. Okay. So I- I'm excited for the, you said it's called the Bryce bed. I- I'm- it's called the Bryce bed. Yeah. It, they, they, they have it on their website as the Murphy bed, but we're going to call them and just be like, Hey, we, we may need to change the branding here to yeah. the Bryce bed or the Zaddy bed. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the Zaddy bed works as well too but listen it's we we could chit chat all day but baby boy jack let's get up into this last episode yeah let's get into it um chris i'm excited to have you here man uh congrats on all the life moves as well but let's just kick it off right from the start we dive right into that edge of extinction returnee challenge we got all of the participants except for sandra obviously she's on her sit out bench but what do you guys think of the challenge yeah what do you guys think of the challenge what do you guys think of natalie returning uh just what are your thoughts overall on, on what went down? I thought the challenge was really, really good. I, I love a challenge that has a multitude of things so that, like, you just never really know who's going to win it. Um, I was extremely excited in the beginning because I saw, you know, my brother Wendeezy killing it. I'm like, yes! Wendell about to get up in it. And then I, he didn't drop the ball, so I don't even know what the hell happened. And then Natalie got in. I was super excited for Natalie. Um, So what are your thoughts, Chris, on, on that challenge? I I mean, I, I have I have run that challenge. 
challenge. So from personal experience, like that challenge is one, it's a ton of fun. No, but two, like it's it's deceiving because that that ball maze at the very end, like it's not easy. It's it's pretty tough, and it, that whole thing's like ten feet long. So I mean, between like eight and ten feet long. So it's it's deceiving. You gotta you gotta navigate that ball through it. I think I think it's just a testament to like how focused Natalie was from from like from the moment that she got voted out just having that vengeance just like coming back after it because yeah the 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 thing for her is obviously she was falling behind and a lot of those competitors were were just if the slates were even and it was just everybody had no advantages and everyone was doing it running it at one time Natalie wouldn't got in there but the the beautiful thing is like she grinded for weeks and weeks and weeks to build up that advantage kind of that bag of tricks that she had and and that's really what separated it for her is having not one not two but three advantages in that that challenge and yeah it 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 hurt her a little bit at the beginning because she couldn't get through that rope the the rope maze but i mean wendell was so close like my heart was about to jump out of my chest i was pulling for wendell and then she just came back and swooped in there she she pulled to underwood yeah i sorry i want to just say real quick well what are your thoughts on you know i have coined the term underwood but i didn't seen on twitter that some people said i need to be calling her natalie i said oh i don't know how you feel about that chris is, is it is it more than one under what in a natalie or what you think mm, i mean <laughs> i haven't seen natalie in a zaddy calendar yet so well, i mean that is that is oh. true <laughs> underwood is underwood until until that something changes yeah underwood's the og edge guy and i gotta i gotta chime in here i i gotta say with the edge challenge i was pretty disappointed by what went down i don't know if this was because i was biased towards wendell and he almost pulled it out but i really just felt like Sure, Natalie grinded on the edge of extinction to get those advantages, but she had just such an unfair overall advantage, in my opinion, partly due to the fact that she was the first one voted out. She had a lot more time than Wendell, for example, to go get tokens. Did she grind hard as hell and get those tokens? Totally, and props to that. But I just thought, I mean, we've discussed in the past, Bryce, the inherent uh, uh, advantages of edge of extinction and the disadvantages that come with it. And watching Wendell really crush the challenge only to lose to what I really believe was because of these advantages was honestly pretty disappointing for me. Me. Underwood here's I think is the OG Edge of Extinction king right now. Um, so so I'm not here for the Natalie. I, it's all it's all Underwood. It's got to be <laughs> oh, Underwood. I love it. I love it. So yeah, I agree with that. I, I agree with that. You know, like I think that I think that she definitely. It, it was hard to watch kind of because you you're cheering for these guys and that when you have nothing, it's like you know it, it's tough. But it's kind of we we kind of knew that was leading into it. Like whoever owns the fire tokens kind of is going to have a huge advantage. And like even in my season, the first challenge that I got no one had got hit with a disadvantage when Tyson got back in but but uh, on my season Keith hit me with a disadvantage where I had an extra 30 knots than everybody else and I was like mm. real close but ended up losing so you know just from like personal experiences having advantages slash disadvantages yeah. work for you or against you you know it's just like you gotta you gotta know it coming into it you can't be like you know eight months later like looking back be like that's not fair it's like nope this is the game you signed up for like advantages yeah, that's true, that's a big true. Part. do you feel like uh, the advantages almost did not 
not help her in the beginning? Like, you saw her struggle in the beginning. Do you think that maybe that could have been her mindset? Like, I got all these advantages and I got to use them. And we see her struggling. I was thinking, like, maybe because she has so many of these advantages, it's getting to her head um, when I was watching it. I think it's just, I think just overall pressure, Bryce. I mean, I, that's just my opinion. Like, the, that it's now or never, do or die. Like, fourth quarter, you got the ball in your hands. What are you going to do with it? And that pressure, like, it gets to some people and some people can override that that ice factor um and i think that's why wendell did so well like he you know he's he's athletic like he's played sports and natalie's played sports like you know like there that that inherent like you know shut your nerves off because it's it's time to show up or shut up and i think natalie just in the very beginning her nerves got to her like she was so eager to do and Mm -hmm. perform that like she psyched herself up I don't know if it was the challenge. I think it's just like every person who goes out there and has to like, I mean, what, out of 13 people, and those are some of the toughest challenges competitors in the history of Survivor. And you, you're you up against them and you, only one person's getting back in is a lot of pressure. Yeah, I, I agree there. I, I do, Bryce, to just on your question too, I, I do think maybe the advantage added a little extra pressure, but at the end of the day, I definitely think they helped her. And like Chris said, you know, 13 people, only one. Hey, Cousin Bryce, it's Jeffra, your girl from season 28. Just wanted to stop by and say, hey, I love the podcast, but baby boy, that new single, Set Back a Fire. So, so, so good. So proud of you. I can't wait till this quarantine is over so that we can hang out. Going to get you down here to Kentucky to cook me some of that Cousin Bryce's rice. Love you, boo-boo. It's it's, it's, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants, it's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back though. It's the purple pants, it's the purple pants. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Bryce Isaiah. And yes, I'm so excited for another week of the Purple Pants Podcast. Yes. How's everyone doing? How you been? Hope your family is good. You know me. I'm busy as a quarantine B E E. I'm busy as a quarantine B. Oh, yes. So, ooh, I had a busy, busy, busy week ahead of me last week. Last Wednesday was my mom's birthday. And so I tried to like organize this big birthday quarantine. And my mom has been like, you know, kind of feeling down even though I know she is not telling me but I know my mom and I know that this quarantine has been getting to her and I know that she is like lonely because it's just her and Johnny and you know we aren't visiting because we trying to keep them safe so I tried to organize you know this like drive by of a birthday so I wanted all of my friends and family members to meet up around the corner from my mom's house decorate our cars and you know drive by the neighborhood like beep 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 Baby, beep, 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 beep. We here for my mom's birthday. And I wanted to do like a little cake and ice cream, you know, in her backyard. 
keeping our social distance. And I was like, you know, nervous because I had to enlist the help of my stepdad, John. And, you know, John, it's hard for him to keep a secret. And, you know, John be wanting to know all the details. Like, well, what time are you going to get here? How many people you think are coming? Do I need to get anything? Should I go to BJ? Should I go to Costco? Like, you know, John all over the place. So I'm like, no, John, we just I just need for you to get mommy outside when I tell you to. But I was so overwhelmed uh, with the amount of my friends that came out, my family that came out. You know, I had my best friend, Dara, her mom, my sisters there, my brother, uh, my nephew, Wendell, and, you know, just, you know, Sarah Iberios. And it just turned out really, really great. My mom was, like, overwhelmed with, like, just so surprised. And just, like, you know, it was just so nice to see my mom emotional because it's like, you know, I just wanted to take the time out to let her know that we love and we care for her. So it was so much fun. So. So I um I tried to compile the videos and make a video, but I, I you know I can't do that. And then Wendell was like, I'll do it, I'ma do it, I'ma do it. So hopefully when this podcast comes out, I'm gonna release the video of just like you know of everything that went into it on my Instagram. So guys, make sure that you check it out because it was so much fun. And you know I'm just glad my mom got you know just all my life my mom does for me and has done for me and continues to do for me. So it was just like you know so good for me to finally like you know show her some appreciation and it was just amazing. But enough about Bob and her birthday. Let's get into this. You know what we got on this episode because we got a juicy episode. I'm so excited for this episode. So on this episode, we got our church announcements. I have the Survivor News and I'm so excited to welcome Chris Underwood to the podcast. I've got the Netflix series Hollywood. I've got the HBO show Insecure. I've got our Purple Pants Picks. I've got Advice with Bryce. We've got Barb's Message. And you know ain't no podcast complete without the freak of the week, baby. So, yes, I'm excited for this episode. Is you ready? Because I'm ready. I said, is you ready? I can't hear you. Are you ready for this episode? All right, let's get into it. Okay, so on this week's church announcements, I got about three, four church announcements, you know, something, you know, something for the posse so y'all know what's going on. First on the church announcements, you know, this weekend, Sequester released their miniseries. They did, you know, a RHAP miniseries. They did a Big Brother miniseries. And then they announced that they are doing a Survivor miniseries. And Bay Bay, they released the cast. And whoo, what do you know? Your baby boy is going to be on the Sequestered miniseries Survivor edition. That is going to be this Saturday, which is May 23rd at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Baby, so yes, you gonna see your baby boy competing on the Survivor mini series of Sequester, and it's gonna be, you know, woo, it's a lot. So hopefully, baby boy got his game together. We gonna see. I've been trying to watch, you know, the Sequester mini series on YouTube to stay up on my game. And if you guys wanna watch me and the other, you know, Survivor contestants, and there's a lot of people on there. You know, you got Chelsea Walker from Idol Islands of the Idols. You got Sunday. You got Mama C. You got PG. You got the 
War Dog. You got Dean, Kelly Wentworth. You know, it's a big, it's a lot. It's a lot of them. So it, it's about 20 of us competing. So it should be fun. So if you guys want to check it out, make sure you guys go to sequesteraccess.com and you guys can watch for free. Yes. Second on the church announcements, I just want to give a happy birthday shout out to one of our Purple Pants Posse members. They celebrated over the weekend their birthday. And I just want to say, mamas, the mamas, Miss Amy, I hope you had an amazing birthday. Thank you so much for supporting me and loving me. Mamas love me like I'm a son and mama's always says she has like children and family members by blood and some by love and guess what I'm an adopted member by love to mama's Miss Amy's family so I just want to take the time to say happy birthday I hope you had an amazing birthday and thank you so much for all your love and support also guys over the weekend I did a RHAP wrap up of the challenge with my girl Allie Lasher and Brian Cohen and we talked about the challenge the most recent episode of the challenge so if you guys want to check that out, you want to hear some more of your baby boy, make sure you head over to our the wrap up on RHAP and check that out. Oh, okay. It was fun too. Ooh, baby. Listen, you might find me on Team Mom because who some of them people, ooh, well, one particular person on the challenge, baby. Ooh, zaddy alert. But listen, go ahead and go over there and check that podcast out so you can figure out who my new zaddy heartthrob is. But all right, now let's get into this last church announcement. Hey, y'all, what's up? It's Missy Bird from Island of the Idol, season 39. If y'all didn't know, I just want to make sure you did. Me and Aaron do Survivor Trivia every single weekend in quarantine. We've had people like Eric. We've had Big Wendy. And not to mention the one and only Mr. Purple Pants himself. We've had Bryce on. It's been a great time. If you want to come play trivia with us and a bunch of other alumni, just check out my page. The link will be in my bio for you to sign up. Thank y'all. I'll see y'all later. It's a man who? It's a man you? Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. It's a man who? It's a man you? Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. We are back this week with our Survivor News. I am so excited for a multitude of reasons. Well, you know, because it's, it's Survivor News and we got our baby boy, Jack Atkins. Jack, are you with us? Yes, sir. What's going on today, Bryce? How you doing? I am chilling. I'm, I can't complain. How about yourself? Doing well, man. I'm, I'm sad the season has come to a close, but it was awesome to watch. And I'm really excited to talk about it with you and our special guest today. Yes. Well, speaking of special guests, I figured, you know what? You know, if Survivor Winners at War is coming to an end with Edge of Extinction. Why not get this special guest up on here? He is a friend in my head. You know, a friend <laughs> in my heart. And you know, I, I just love this person. So, uh, you know, I, I call her. You might know him as something else, but the only way I know how to introduce this person is Underwood! Chris Underwood, welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. Oh, what up? Oh, okay. Chris, what's going on, man? I've been waiting on that. I've been holding that. Oh, for like, oh. man, all day. Yeah, that was building up. I could tell. Oh, let me find out. We got spicy Chris on the podcast <laughs> today. I'm bringing all kinds of flavor, Bryce. Just he's got every, the heat. He's got time. the smoke. Dude, dude Baskin Robbins today. Let's go. <laughs> I'm here for it. But real quick, before we get into it, how are you, Chris? How's everything? How's my sister wife? What's popping? What's going on? Life is good. Sister wife is good. Our little 
Fur baby is good. We are in Charleston, South Carolina. We are about to close on a townhouse uh, on Tuesday. So making moves in life. Got uh, settling down a little bit. So it's yes. it's good. Life's good. That, Work's that's good. Dope. Everything's good. That's Can, good. Does the congrats town, does on the, the town, real estate move. Does the townhouse have a guest bedroom? <laughs> oh shoot! You know it does. It actually has. It actually has this nice. Kate's been looking up because I got to work from home now. So we got an office space, but there's this bed. It's called a Murphy bed. Uh-huh. It drops down. It turns into a bookshelf. And then when uh-huh. a guest comes over, it just drops into a bed. Uh-huh. And she's just been pitching me on this for weeks. So we finally conceded. So yes, we do. Okay. So I- I'm excited for the, you said it's called the Bryce bed. I- I'm- it's <laughs> called the Bryce bed. Yeah. It, they, they, they have it on their website as the Murphy bed, but we're going to call them and just be like, Hey, we, we may need to change the branding here. To yeah. The Bryce bed or the Zaddy bed. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the Zaddy bed works as well too but listen it's we we could chit chat all day but baby boy jack let's get up into this last episode yeah let's get into it um chris i'm excited to have you here man uh congrats on all the life moves as well but let's just kick it off right from the start we dive right into that edge of extinction returnee challenge we got all of the participants except for sandra obviously she's on her sit out bench but what do you guys think of the challenge right yeah what do you guys (laughs) think of the challenge what do you guys think of natalie returning uh just what are your thoughts overall on, on what went down? I thought the challenge was really, really good. I, I love a challenge that has a multitude of things so that, like, you just never really know who's going to win it. Um, I was extremely excited in the beginning because I saw, you know, my brother, Wendeezy, killing it. I'm like, yes! Wendell about to get up in it. And then I, he didn't drop the ball, so I don't even know what the hell happened. And then Natalie got in. I was super excited for Natalie. Um, So what are your thoughts, Chris, on, on that challenge? I I mean, I, I have I have run that challenge. So from personal experience, like that challenge is one, it's a ton of fun. No, but two, like it's it's deceiving because that that ball maze at the very end, like it's not easy. It's it's pretty tough, and it, that whole thing's like ten feet long. So I mean, between like eight and ten feet long. So it's it's deceiving. You gotta you gotta navigate that ball through it. I think I think it's just a testament to like how focused Natalie was from from like from the moment that she got voted out just having that vengeance just like coming back after it because yeah the 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 thing for her is obviously she was falling behind and a lot of those competitors were were just if the slates were even and it was just everybody had no advantages and everyone was doing it running it at one time Natalie wouldn't got in there but the the beautiful thing is like she grinded for weeks and weeks and weeks to build up that advantage kind of that bag of tricks that she had and and that's really what separated it for her is having not one not two but three advantages in that that challenge and yeah it 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 hurt her a little bit at the beginning because she couldn't get through that rope the the rope maze but i mean wendell was so close like my heart was about to jump out of my chest i was pulling for wendell and then she just came back and swooped in there she she pulled the underwood yeah i I, sorry i want to just say real quick well what are your thoughts on you know i have coined the term underwood but i didn't seen on twitter that some people said i need to be calling her natalie 
Hey, I said, oh, I don't know. How you feel about that, Chris? Is, is it is it more than one Underwood in a Natalie? Or what you think? Mm, I mean, <laughs> I haven't seen Natalie in a Zaddy calendar yet. So, well, I mean. That is, that is oh. true. <laughs> Underwood is Underwood until, until that something changes. Yeah, Underwood's the OG edge guy. And I got to I gotta chime in here. I, I got to say with the edge challenge, I was pretty disappointed by what went down. I don't know if this was because I was biased towards Wendell and he almost pulled it out. But I really just felt like, sure, Natalie grinded on the edge of extinction to get those advantages, but she had just such an unfair overall advantage, in my opinion, partly due to the fact that she was the first one voted out. She had a lot more time than Wendell, for example, to go get tokens. Did she grind hard as hell and get those tokens? Totally, and props to that. But I just thought, I mean, we've discussed in the past, Bryce, the inherent advantages of edge of extinction and the disadvantages that come with it. And watching Wendell really crush the challenge only to lose to what I really believe was because of these advantages was honestly pretty disappointing for me. Underwood Hughes, I think, is the OG Edge of Extinction king right now. Um, so, so I'm not here for the Natalie. I, it's all, it's all Underwood. It's gotta be <laughs> oh, Underwood. I love it. I love it. So yeah, I agree with point. that. I, I agree with that. You know, like I think that I think that she definitely. It, it was hard to watch, kind of, because you you're cheering for these guys, and that when you have nothing, it's like you know, it, it's tough. But it's kind of we we kind of knew that was leading into it. Like whoever owns the fire tokens, kind of, is gonna have a huge advantage. And like even in my season, the first challenge that I got no one had got hit with a disadvantage when Tyson got back in but but uh, on my season Keith hit me with a disadvantage where I had an extra 30 knots than everybody else and I was like mm. real close but ended up losing so you know just from like personal experiences having advantages slash disadvantages yeah. work for you or against you you know it's just like you gotta you gotta know it coming into it you can't be like you know eight months later like looking back be like that's not fair it's like nope this is the game you signed up for like if yeah, that's true, that's big true. Part. do you feel like uh, the advantages almost did not help her in the beginning like you saw her struggle in the beginning do you think that maybe that could have been her mindset like I got all these advantages and I gotta use them and we see her struggling I was thinking like maybe because she has so many of these advantages it's getting to her head um, when I was watching it I think it's just I think just overall pressure Bryce I mean I that's just my opinion like the, that it's now or never do or die like fourth quarter you got the ball in your hands what are you gonna do with it and that pressure like it gets to some people and some people can override that uh, that ice factor Actor. Um, and I think that's why Wendell did so well. Like he, you know, he's, he's athletic, like he's played sports and Natalie's played sports. Like, you know, like there, that, that inherent, like, you know, shut your nerves off because it's, it's time to show up or shut up. And I think Natalie just in the very beginning, her nerves got to her. Like she was so eager to do and mm-hmm. perform that like she psyched herself up. I don't know if it was the challenge. I think it's just like every person who goes out there and has to like, I mean, what, out of 13 people, and those are some of the toughest challenges competitors in the history of Survivor. And you, you're you up against them and you, only one person's getting back in is a lot of pressure. Yeah, I, I agree there. I, I do, Bryce, to just on your question too, I, I do think maybe the advantages added a little extra pressure, but at the end of the day, I definitely think they helped her. And like Chris said, you know, 13 people, only one of y'all is going to win. You really have to get in your bag uh, and secure the win. So maybe people are psyching themselves out. And, and like Chris said, I guess it's hard to say it's unfair because that's just the structure of the game. But I guess with my complaint, it's maybe even more towards, you know, how Edge of Extinction 
distinction in how fire tokens worked on this season. It's not Natalie's fault for working as hard as she can, but I definitely did feel like Wendell got a little bit gypped. Uh, and maybe that's just the personal bias from us knowing him. But I gotta be, I, I, they said they're not bringing Edge back for a while, and I got to be honest, I think I, I, I'm kind of glad about that because I think it was a good experiment, but I definitely think there's some things, especially after this season, that they have to smooth over. But let's move into back into the game here. Natalie comes back in. We're getting she and Michelle immediately form a bond. Um, and then it's obviously Ben, Denise, Sarah, and Tony still running the majority alliance. Just quickly, we see this awesome challenge. Might be my favorite challenge of the season that Michelle makes an epic comeback in. There's, you know, there's a water slide. We got different stations. We got a nice puzzle at the end. What did you guys think of that Michelle comeback? I thought the Michelle comeback was amazing. I felt like we were at the Survivor County Line Fair for a second because I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on with this slide? Uh, I myself would have killed the slide. I know how to slip. And I, uh, uh, baby boy definitely knows how to slide. I would have got caught up at the puzzle, but I thought overall, again, I love with Survivor, especially at the end uh, when you get down to like the final five final six i love how the challenges are more even Playered level. I hate when it's just a physical challenge and you know mm. obviously physical people aren't going to get it. I hate when it's puzzle challenges that only like the smart inherit people are going to get it. So I love it when it, it's a combination of a lot of different things. And you know I ain't mad at a challenge that you could cheat on because I could look over and see what, <laughs> what they doing and copy and paste. So I, I enjoyed it myself. What, what about you Mr. Under Wizard? <laughs> <laughs> wow we're just there's multiple uh, renditions yeah. of Underwood and now we're yeah. at Under Wizard. Okay. Hey, okay. that might be the best one yet. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. So I think that the yeah, I, I, I like the uh, you know Survivor Water Park. Like man, if we had a Survivor Water Park on my season, I'd be cheesing all the way down the slide. Like it, it looks super fun. I also think that it was interesting. I mean, obviously, like Michelle had experience with that puzzle before, and that is probably the biggest advantage that anyone can have ever is True. having one a. A, like having won a puzzle and then then bring back the puzzle and i think that that puzzle challenge was already staged right because it was a final five challenge and mm-hmm. michelle just happened to be there for it because they had done that multiple times like a lot of the challenges have been rerun um of people's previous seasons and so she had a major advantage which also is i'm totally good with you know with with other people like trying to look at hers as well like she had the biggest advantage of everybody but um you know not not saying that it wasn't deserving she totally like you know knew what was coming at the end even if she was falling behind on the physical stuff you know the puzzle at the end was what was gonna you know get her the win um and i agree with you Bryce like it's really hard you know when you're assessing who you want to vote out based on challenges because you either forget like oh this person's a challenge beast because they're a physical threat or you don't realize like the puzzles are all people who are good at puzzles are challenge threats too you know like you gotta right. you gotta watch for them as well so um it's just good to have any challenge that can uh you know highlight everyone's strengths and weaknesses is is important but uh if you're good at puzzles i mean like wendell or even rick in my season like if you're good at puzzles it doesn't matter how fast or athletic you are if you get to the end and you just can't pull it out you're, you're not a challenge threat either. yeah i agree with bryce I, I love the um the menagerie of skills needed for this type of challenge you had like agility you had just pure endurance running up and down the stairs the ability to slip and to slide uh and i, I thought michelle killed it and her puzzle experience definitely came came in handy but at the end of the day like the reason she won it the first time is because she had those skills in the first place so she definitely crushed it now a quick question that we're speaking about michelle comes to my mind since i have you under wizard on the podcast um we saw a lot of michelle talking about how she 
felt shame on, you know, not necessarily being on Winners at War, but she, like, you know, got a lot of criticism for being a, like, quote unquote, an undeserved winner. So I just thought it would be so curious to get your take on that because we know that your win, uh, in my book is, uh, listen, one of the best wins ever. You get out third, a third boot comes back and win. I love it. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that being as though, like, you know, a lot of people had a lot to say about Edge of Extinction for your season and what a lot of people have to say about your win. And I also just want to preface this by, you know, I have the Twitter fingers when it comes to my brother Wendeezy and I have the Twitter fingers when it comes to Chris Underwood dude, because I don't play about that. First of all, if they write your name down, you won. He won back in the challenge and he won it. So don't play with Underwood because I don't play about my Underwood. Sorry, just real quick, but just I had to let him know because I don't play. Oh, Bryce, you're like, you got my back a thousand percent. You got my, you have my heart, Bryce. Bryce, you have my heart. <laughs> you got my back and you got my heart. Um, not in the front. Anyways, the, uh, the, the, yeah. <laughs> my, my wife's got my front, Bryce. Just remember that. Remember that. <laughs> Um, the, <laughs> the, the, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that, that there's a lot like to play survivor. And I talked about this on Rob's podcast, um, you know, to, to play survivor, there's a lot of pressure that you put on yourself as a fan. There's a lot of pressure that you, you know, you endure. I mean, even like I, I was just scrolling through Twitter and like, who's, you know, who's heard of Garrett for, since Kagi on, you know, oh, like, okay, uh, let's not let I, I, oh, oh, that's that. See, that's a sensitive subject for me. Uh, um, because I saw that post and I know exactly what you're talking about, but uh, so, which is, which I get it, you know, but I, but it's like interesting. I mean, and I don't know, I, I don't, I've never met the guy, but like, it, I I, I'm sure that for a lot of people, regardless of who it is, like you put a lot of pressure on yourself because the casting process is really tough. And then you get on and the last thing you expect is if you're a winner to get criticized because you won Survivor. Like there's nothing, there's nothing more like that you want, you know, when you're thinking and dreaming about Survivor and then you come on the other side and the grass isn't that green because people think that you're undeserving. And so that's a tough, like it's tough on you mentally and you gotta be like mentally kind of, you know, kind of separate yourself from like critics and then from like who you, how you value yourself and where you place your identity. And, um, you know, it, it can, it can definitely affect, you know, it can definitely affect your survivor experience if you're letting the internet kind of control the narrative instead of you, con- your personal experiences controlling that narrative. And so for Michelle, you know, like, and for a lot of people that were out there that played this, this time around, you know, a lot of it was like, I want to change the way that I played. I want to do something where people label me as deserving and, you know, it's sad that they had to live out the last, you know, five years, 10 years, even, I mean, Amber, like 15 years of feeling like she was an undeserving winner, but I mean, not she's, they got a ton of good things going for them. So it doesn't really matter, but like, it's just interesting, you know? And I think that that's, that's always going to play an important factor. Um, but for anyone who's like, you know, out there, just the fact that you got on survivor is a huge accomplishment. Don't let anyone tell you differently. And it's, it's so easy to be an armchair critic you know everyone who's on track could have never actually got on the show so you know screw them for sure and i just have to chime in on that because i I didn't think he was going to hit like a a a sensitive spot for me but it has um like i i agree so much with it um and i also just have to say it it comes down to the person and it is like if you uh, like you know it it comes down to in my opinion the person if you are grounded in your reality and you know who you are then like i don't really feel like it should be a problem 
for instance, take me for instance. I was voted mm-hmm. out third on my season. You think I went out on my season and wanted to be voted out third? Like, no, I came to play. However, like, what, like, did I wallow? Did I sit? Like, do you see the things that I get called on the internet? Do you see anytime I chime in on something, I always get told, oh, shut up. You don't even know how to play Survivor. You're the worst Survivor player ever. Like, you know, whatever. But, baby, how many third boots you know take over the Survivor Instagram? How many third boots you know have they on podcast? So I just, okay. I, I say Fire. that to Let's say. Go. It's a humble brag, but it's like, listen, Survivor didn't make or break me. I made myself. I am right. myself. I will always be myself. And if you are a true winner, a true star, a true whatever, you will shine regardless. And so, like, I, I like, you know, that Garrett situation kind of like, it bothers me a little bit because it's like, boy, you still using that? Like, that's what you still using right now? Like, if you don't let that go, and it's just like, I, like, I don't know. I just, I don't really have time for people that want to sit and have a pity party. If you want to have a pity party, go ahead and have a pity party by yourself. But guess what? Over here, what I do and what we do is praise people and for their talent and for everything that they do. So I don't have time for somebody that wants like a, a, a pity me party because if I wanted to have a pity party, I could have a pity party every day of my life. I'm an openly black gay man in the United States. Baby, I could be complaining all day, but that's not what I choose to do. <laughs> okay, okay? I rise go. above it. Let's so, go. So, yes, sir. Sorry. Podcast so, over. No, that's facts. That's facts. <laughs> the mic fire done. Where's that bell? Where's that bell? Ring, yeah. Sorry. Ring it, baby. Let's I didn't mean go. to go off, but like that, that, it, it, that sometimes it bothers me as I just, okay. But all right, be, go ahead, Jack. Let, no, me, go. Let me be quiet. I love well, it. just no, to speak on my survivor experience, so quick. Right. Nah, I'm, I'm playing. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So let's get into these a couple of these travel councils. I kind of just want to run through one by one. I think the first one, the Denise boot, was probably the most interesting, and then we can just give our thoughts on the subsequent ones. But if it's Denise boot, obviously Michelle has immunity. Natalie has an immunity. I know that people don't really believe she does. Tony and Ben have immunity idols. I kind of just came up with this idea and I want to run it by you guys and get your thoughts on the votes. But in my mind, so just assuming that all these players are kind of playing with the information they have and assuming that others are going to play with their best moves, like a little bit of game theory type. I think um, Natalie and Michelle could have benefited from splitting the vote and do like a minority split. So if Natalie and Michelle both vote Tony, sure they might, and they know he has an idol, which they did. Um, um, and he plays it, then with a tie vote, say Tony in, in the majority split the vote, I actually think that's going to be problematic for Tony if he doesn't play the idol because on a revote, Michelle and Natalie have no incentive to switch. They're just going to stay strong and vote Tony and his allies aren't going to go to rocks for him. But no, especially knowing that Tony's group voted like a, a unanimously as four, then I, I don't see any disadvantage to Michelle and Natalie, especially knowing that Tony has an idol putting one vote on each person because they know every other vote is going to get negated and that'll give them a little bit more control over who goes, whether they split a vote on Tony, split a vote on Sarah, or a vote on Ben and a vote on Tony, which ultimately would have both been canceled out, but I don't think they could have realized that. It just seemed to me like they kind of knew Tony might play the idol, and if he doesn't, then still splitting the vote can send him home. And and this might be a little bit convoluted, but just kind of referencing what Nick did and David versus Goliath with that minority split vote, I just think it gives you options after you play your idol. Because you know, Natalie knew her votes were going to get canceled out. So what do you yeah, guys think no, of that? It's good. Yeah, it, it, I'll, I'll jump in there it yeah totally like wasn't the right clearly i mean wasn't the right move because you can't like it's very difficult to and this was another thing that i you know thought back on like in natalie's game that was a you know was not a like perfect yeah like score right was just that she played an idol for you know for protection um and but then didn't 
it wasn't used she, properly and also she voted for the wrong person right like she, they voted for ben and they and the the goal like they wanted tony they wanted to tony to play his idol and then think that tony was playing his idol as well and then go for you know uh ben but they didn't know he had an idol so if they were thinking more of like instead of big move because they wanted both of them wanted on their resume to um to break up that trio and they were blinded by their own ambition in order to like you know create a oh yeah we did this now we're like look look at us we like we broke up the trio yeah. where really they should have just you know played more of a strategic game you know like uh game strategy and and really split the votes let the let the chips fall where they may and then do a revote the only problem for them though is they were concerned that if there was a revote revote then maybe michelle wasn't well michelle had immunity so yeah they yeah. just weren't they just the two of them could have forced any like they could either they force two people they to were, draw rocks or they could just exactly. force tony or ben or whoever they vote for to go home exactly and to me it's like wise in the way it worked out just going off of like the imperfections you were referencing about natalie's game why is denise the ideal person to go here at the very least why don't you force sarah to go home on a revote because you know you know um well i guess ben and tony are safe but if they all vote for sarah like denise or whoever is going to want to draw rocks so you well, they, then and they didn't know and they didn't know that yeah they didn't know that um that ben had an idol either yeah and so you know because only people who knew that ben had an idol was their that four even i don't even know i think only ben and, jo- and tony know and i don't i don't know if did tony tell sarah we didn't see him tell sarah so we don't really know him. so we, we don't even we know that, that right. and tony kept and tony said that he kept it to myself i guess this is why i was the third boot because when they get down to here this is when the numbers <laughs> kind of start to confuse me but i just I, I what i would have to say what my disappointment was with that final four um and you know congratulations to tony sarah denise and ben for keeping that strong alliance but if i put myself into somebody's shoes like denise and i'm like listen i'm with this full i'm making it to the end and i start looking at my resume and you know i submit it to the computer and the computer the computer is like oh you gotta manually enter what you have done <laughs> and i'm like wait I, like, I, like i just was so surprised at like how unwavered that they were yeah. to not woke work with natalie and michelle because baby if i was denise whew, i'd have been right over there like what's popping what we doing because it's like at this point in time i know it's your alliance and i know you want to play a good game but bitch it's two million dollars okay and i got a mortgage okay i got car notes like forget what you're talking about now is when a savage needs to come out so i just was a little disappointed at how lackluster denise and ben's game was although yeah. i love them dearly i just wish that they would have shucked things up a little bit more for tony and the sarahs yeah i mean yeah, tony and sarah that, go ahead chris yeah uh, she thought that denise thought that by her taking out the queen that that was a big enough and winning enough. a couple immunities but it's yeah. not enough right it's not enough and she really thought but also I mean, she's really articulate. Like, Denise is a very articulate individual. And that is a huge, huge factor when you are in Final Tribal. Like, I don't know how you can spin it. Like, there's no other way to say it. The the fact that, like, if you can articulate yourself and can deliver a a, a presentation. But, but Chris, how many ways can you say, I took out Sandra? Oh, yeah, I took out Sandra. And by the way, I took out Sandra. <laughs> like, I mean, you, I mean, you can articulate as yeah. much as you want, but taking out Sandra ain't gonna be enough. Uh, yeah, it's I, just a, I think it's a, a flaw in in over elevating or like inflating your 
your resume and every person who sits at the mm. end does it like there's only going to be one winner but everyone thinks they're going to win which means two people are inflating their resume right yeah. i mean i think it's a testament to how well tony and sandra or sarah tony and sarah played because right. natalie and michelle for some reason like if you if i'm natalie and michelle i'm thinking ben and, and denise are the people i have the best shot against right at winning against yet the, they vote for ben and then they ultimately vote for denise sarah and tony catch no votes uh, obviously tony plays the idol but he doesn't even get votes here and then sarah doesn't get any votes either and then ben and denise if i'm them i'm probably thinking oh michelle and natalie might be my best shot to win because tony and sarah have been killing it but instead they're just blinded by their loyalty to tony and sarah i, I mean i mean i think that's definitely a, a testament to the game they played but I, I do think it was some strategic some lackluster strategy on the part of the others but i guess let's move along to ben's ben's vote out after that mm-hmm. uh, kind of a similar story he tells sarah that he is cool with being voted out and bryce we were getting into it with ben last week um <laughs> And and you you tweeted out that you thought I was right, so take that. But I will say, um, what I kind of came to realize, and I, and you know, strategic thinking aside, to me, Ben ultimately, and he's he's a veteran, he's a marine who's lost friends. He played from the bottom, a lone wolf the whole time, his first time, and got a lot of hate after that. To me, him picking friendship and real, real personal bonds and personal mental stability over the strategy that could get him $2 million, I think is totally respectable. And I got to throw that out there. Um, as as that one of those armchair critics on this podcast, I could say all I want about what I think about Ben's strategic game. But at the end of the day, um, he, he chose and, and at that point, I think he realized he probably wasn't going to win either. So why not solidify yeah. those bonds? Th- yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. To, to have to, to solidify those bonds and put everything into those friendships. I mean, you can fault him for his strategy but you can't fault them for for wanting like to for building friendships at that and putting friendships over money in the game of survivor is weird but it's totally respectable from a personal standpoint so i just want to say that to ben i kind of came came to that realization but i mean bryce what you you were defending him adamantly last week in every facet how did your yes. thoughts change this this episode or so I think I, I had a metamorphous thought of that, like, I love Ben, and I think Ben is an amazing player. And I, I think that Ben played with his heart. And I think coming back as a two-time player, um, you want to, you know, change. You want the evolution of yourself to show. Um, and I think that, you know, Ben did a great job this season. We saw a lot of spicy Ben coming out, which I absolutely enjoyed. But I, at the end of the day, we just see where Ben's heart lies. And I, mm-hmm. I can, I, he just, my heart grows bigger and bigger for Ben now, at the same time now that is like survivor bryce speaking now fan bryce speaks is like ben what is you doing like no like stay in it two million dollars so i listen and listen i i I, i'm a pole boy from philadelphia so two million dollars could change my life and speak (laughs) and so i i'm gonna scrap and fight as listen we can work it out i i got two million dollars i pay for therapy for us to work on our friendship after the season's (laughs) over but run me that check so I, i i was a little fan bryce was a little disappointed at how Ben conceded. However, so respectable, and my heart could not grow anymore for him. What would you think about that, Underwood? Uh, I I think yeah, I, I think that it was the perfect. I, I think that it was 
you're talking about best move, right? That was, it's weird to say, but that was his best move because in my mind, all right, let's, let's make a list, right? Okay. Final five. Okay. Who best player to worst player in that moment in final five. Like it's gotta, uh, it's gotta be it, Tony, Sarah, Michelle, Natalie, Ben. ben. Yeah. Natalie. Ben, yeah. I would say I, Natalie, I think even that Natalie has a better, like, and then from Agreed. there, let's say, let's say, let's say, you know, Michelle gets voted out. Who's the top four? Tony, I, I think Sarah, it's Tony and Natalie. Natalie I, ben. Right. Tony, well, Natalie, yeah, Sarah, you, Ben. Either way, though, you go from final six to final five to final four. And who's in the number four spot? Yeah, it's ben. either Sarah or Tony. So, or yeah. Well, I don't know. I think Ben, like, like you said, if he gets to four with that group and Michelle goes home, he's in final travel council with Sarah, Natalie, and or Tony. And I think all of them kind of tear him to shreds. Exactly. Uh, I don't know that he goes home at final four, but like you said, for his like mental, like the best move for him mentally almost, because I think if he makes final three, he's going to get torn apart. Right. Maybe it's just to bail out on your own, on your own accord. And Yes. It's to concede <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and to help. It's to concede and to help the person that you care most deeply about having the most success and it's it's sacrifice and his background in like you know the military i'm sure and his like just he is a loyal individual mm. from by all accounts from everyone that has ever spoken so highly of ben he's like he's one of the coolest most like awesome like personable guys ben is amazing and then so so a guy of that character and that moral aptitude is six out of six fifth out of fifth fourth out of fourth and third out of third third out of three like if you realize that and he's got he's i mean he at least he has the foresight right like yeah. instead of getting to an end and trying to like you know own something that wasn't there i'm totally okay with it and i don't and yeah it's for two million dollars and people are like what are you thinking ben it doesn't even matter it's for two million dollars ben's just a smart guy he's a good guy and he's a smart guy he's like i don't win in yeah. any of these scenarios and, so and, who, and maybe that reflects the, upon his early me? game yeah, and what's a win for me? A win for me is helping my friends win. Yeah, like, exactly. I want my friends to win. And that's like, man, that's just awesome. So that's my take. I, I think we're all on the same page. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, totally. And maybe that reflects a little bit on some of the missteps in his early game. But at the end of the day, he had the foresight and the self-awareness to, to make that move and really secure those friendships that are still going and that are going to last him a lifetime that might be worth more than $2 million, which, like we all said, is totally respectable. Uh, moving on to the final four, uh, we got this this balls challenge i know jeff is always fired up about the balls challenges but then we get right into the final four vote um or the fire making challenge should i say natalie wins the final four she she doesn't have the chutzpah to pull an underwood and face off against tony um another i guess imperfection you could say in her final six gameplay but it, go, it goes becomes sarah versus tony in this fire making challenge it's an epic showdown Super, maybe the best fire making challenge i've ever seen i was standing up in my room screaming for tony to win i was clapping I was fired up. Um, no pun intended. Uh, but what did you guys think of Natalie's decision making here? Like sending Michelle versus not sending Michelle and just kind of the way the final four shook out. I was here for it. I, Natalie's not a dumb player and I, um, I'm i not no coach. I'm not no dragon slayer. I ain't trying to go against the best. I want my behind up in the finals. So I loved what Natalie did. And for her to break up that Sarah and Tony alliance, I thought it was genius. And I was here for it because it's 
like what better way than to break them up and in my opinion it was kind of like her giving the two million dollars to whoever won because whoever mm-hmm. won against her in that is going to win so it would have been better for her Ooh. to go in and yeah. win because then I feel like it would have been giving her two million dollars but for Natalie's sake I feel like Natalie is the if we had a fan favorite this season I definitely think the fans mm-hmm. would oh, nominate no. Natalie well I'm just saying like well I'm just going by what I see on the tweets and how people were like loving the fact that Natalie got back in mm-hmm. and Natalie was like you know there so that that's just what I'm thinking but I mean listen I, I could be wrong with, with but maybe yeah no you saying me personally I think so I think you're right I think I think you go either way Bryce I mean I, I mean because even back before like every single episode someone's can, like referring to Natalie just being a just a beast you know like right. the whole time and so she was she's relevant she continued to be relevant I think and that was an important part of being voted out but she she stayed relevant the whole season which was important um you know can't say that for myself you know but um <laughs> no you was relevant to me okay Chris, I, <laughs> that's right, right you were relevant right. for a different reason to me but yeah. I was rooting for you the whole way <laughs> you were actually my winner pick that season so I, so I didn't love EOE but I was fired up that you came back to be honest yes. with you but Bryce yes. I, I do question you on this because despite my What's personal that? feelings about Natalie at this point you were saying you love that move from her but you also yeah. said it's like she's given two mil to whoever wins that fire making challenge that's not I don't think there's a winning I don't I, I think for her to have a chance to win she has to play that fire making challenge so i mean i don't know but because listen also listen to this how many people are on the jury there was like there's 12 right no 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 no, 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 16 16 16 and if we're thinking back to chris's edge of extinction who 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 spent more time with the jury members tony and sarah or natalie natalie but natalie also like argued with some of the jury members i mean but i'm just saying so but but listen to this though the even if people didn't like her i'm thinking like people might still be upset that they are on edge of extinction and they spent the most time with natalie so in in my mind if i'm natalie i'm like i got the jury votes right now maybe that's what she's thinking right Right. was wrong. I, like, she was wrong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know where, what I mean? Where's that compassion you have for Ben? What, 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 like, where that compassion you have for Ben? Okay. Well, I just don't. I just don't think that's a good move from Natalie. I think. I think what you have to realize is Chris barely won his season from playing a perfect <laughs> I'm saying don't, vote don't wise, do no, bad, don't, vote wise honest, Chris yeah, you won like 7-3 7-4 like no, um, 9-4 nine, something four. like that yeah. but I'm, I'm just saying it was a it was a pretty close vote all things considered and Chris played a perfect game coming back into the game Natalie had mistakes at every single tribal she went to. Her first one, she got voted out. The other ones, like Chris and I were saying, she made, she had errors. So it's the final four. You've already played way worse than Chris, in my opinion. And then now you're not even going to go to the fire challenge. Like, maybe she I, does think she has a chance, but she was just wrong. That's just bad thinking on her part. I, listen, and maybe, she would have beaten Tony in a fire challenge like 90% of the time. I, maybe, maybe again, why I'm voted out third. But listen, if I have a chance to sit at the final or play with sticks, well, actually, I might play with sticks. Um, uh, but I'm just saying, like, if, if I have a ch- if I have the option to go to the final or make fire, bitch, I'm I'm you, bitch. See me at the final, and guess what? I'm gonna have a way with words. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
I, 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 it's, and that's your game. I, I think I'm, you know, I, I'm on the side that like, but I'm on the side that Natalie should have taken um one of them to fire, <laughs> but I'm also interested, like I've been asking a few people in the survivor community that I'm just, you know, close with. And I've been asking back and forth, like if Natalie does, like, let's just say, for example, Natalie, you know, takes Tony and Natalie wins and Natalie beats Tony. And I'm like, honest like opinion on you guys if natalie beats tony and it's sarah natalie and michelle in the final mm. three natalie, does natalie sure. still win i hope I, not I, win. Yeah. I, I think she would and i feel like her best way to the win is is to her to contest what actually sarah did and like mm. you know although sarah feels like she was an even competitor with tony uh tony is definitely the the the, the pilot and sarah was the co-pilot and um for and for natalie she was a pilot of her own boat i mean or no not what you a pilot of the ship no the yeah, uh, airplane ship. airplane oh, yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, so, <laughs> so I, I feel like she would have won. I feel like again she would have had the jury votes from the people from the edge. And I mean, first of all, we I see how many know, votes she dude. got. I mean, I, I'm I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying. Man, you might be. I'm saying you might be right, and that would make me like honestly feel ill. But I, I think I, I think with that final three, I think Sarah <laughs> should have won, and I think Michelle played a great second place game. To me, just Natalie didn't do what she needed to do. Like, and you go back to Chris's season; it, it was a controversial win. What do you mean win. she didn't do what she needed to do? She got back in the game, and mind you, by no means am I a Natalie so, stand. Like okay. you know, she did, she did what? No, she did what she she did what she thought she needed to do, but maybe those two things weren't yeah, perfect, they were, perfect she, alignment. She she, right. she obviously crushed it on the edge of extinction yeah, and she got did back everything in the game. She what she had to do to get back in, but what she needed to do to win yeah. was I think different from the ex because it's all about it doesn't matter. Like that's the thing about Survivor, and everybody's got to understand this. It does not matter what you do. It only matters what the jury thinks that you do. Mm. Like you can have the most like self-confidence going into a final tribal council and like think that you are like head and shoulders ahead of everybody else. But if that idea is not in alignment with what the jury thinks, it does not matter. And I think Mm. that for Natalie, like, she may have over leveraged what she had done. And so what she needed, what she thought she needed to do, she accomplished, but what the jury needed her to do, uh, she just fell short. That's, and I think, but I, I do agree. I yeah. think with that final three, she could have actually won. I do yeah. think Tony goes to that jury and everyone respects the hell out of Tony. And Tony's like, guys, you got to vote Sarah. Sarah's the best player here. And, and everyone's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, damn, Tony's like spitting some facts right now. I do think it, it's, the vote's a lot closer, but I do think Sarah wins. Um, but it is, it is a weird thing. It, it's, and from what I even heard, Natalie's like jury management wall on edge wasn't that fantastic. I think Chris probably played a much smoother jury management game wall on it. Maybe besides a few blowups with Reem. Uh, I don't know. Dude. Yeah, dude. I, like, I was, did, but I will say this. No, I will say this, though. I did have like the edge of extinction is really even harder <clears throat> socially, like at times, just because mm. you, you let your guard down. And like when someone is annoying, you kind of are like, you're annoying, you know, or like when someone's like, you're not in alignment, you know, like someone kind of you know can can be you know just just not you don't feel the need to um one of the critics one of the criticisms for that i had actually was really um interesting it was uh in my tribal uh i don't think it i don't think it made the air but julia asked me and i don't i'm trying to remember if it made the air. i don't think it did but julia asked me said well you know when i came on to the edge of extinction you know like you seem to be getting along with these people and getting on with these people and you never 
never really like messed with me or we never really connected on a deeper level and everyone's saying that you did. So like, please explain to me why you felt like you could treat some people some way and treat other people the other way. And I, in my response to that was, um, Julia, I'm, I'm deeply sorry that I, um, that that came across that way. The reason that I gave you space was because I felt like you had created a very special bond with Reem in a mother-daughter type scenario. And what was best for you in healing was to have someone in your corner at all times. And I didn't feel like I needed to come in there and try to like nurture slash manipulate you know, or do anything like outside of what was best, what I felt like was a great opportunity for you to like come to terms with your survivor experience. And so I'm sorry for miss, you know, missing the mark on that, but I felt like it wasn't necessary. And so because it wasn't necessary, I didn't need to force it for the sake of a jury vote. And she actually respected that, like really respected that opinion in that remark and ended up voting for me, you know, like at the end. And so, um, you know, I think that there's a difference though. Yeah. What you're saying is like, if, if she might've owned it, you know, instead of being like, I had to play my game, I had to do what was best for me and I'm sorry, but everyone was playing their own game. It's just, it's just a different, like the, the mouthfeel on that is a little different. Um, you know, maybe compared to like my experience with people out there. So it's, you know, you got to manage those, you got to manage those. And I think she did miss them. Maybe she did miss the mark a little bit on that as well, just in the, in the tribal speech. Totally. And it's, you're like the ideal guest right now for this because of your experience from the edge of extinction to talk about how Natalie's gameplay kind of stacked up. Um, and like, this is, we were kind of just discussing the hypothetical final three where Sarah's in and not Tony. Let's just get into the, the real final three, the final tribal council. It's Tony, Natalie, and Michelle. Uh, and we've obviously been touching on this a little bit throughout the episode, but I totally think Tony deserved the win. I honestly think Michelle de- deserves second. What are your guys' thoughts on how this final tribal council shook out? You know, I'm Kagian for life, so I definitely. <laughs> Definitely am Tony, 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 okay? Um, and Tony Zay. Tony yes, Zay. Tony Zay. <laughs> um, I actually believe that Natalie deserved to be final two. Um, I love Michelle. Um, I think Michelle, you know, Queen Shelly, I think she played a great game. I, unfortunately, from a fan aspect, from what I saw was that, you know, she was always, her back was against the wall, and I don't feel as though she did enough. She did enough when it mattered, but I don't feel like she did enough when it mattered for her to kind of switch up her votes and like, you know, but I mean, regardless, she made it to the final three, which mm-hmm. I feel like is amazing for her. And, you know, I hope that this shows her that like, no, no matter what people say about your uh, original win, this only should solidify the fact that you are a winner at war. So I, yes. but uh, in my opinion, I don't know what it is that I, I feel like, and again, like I, I ain't best friends with Natalie. Like I'm not like, you know, but I, I really do can say like she owned the edge. She came back. She played her idol. She found the idol. She aligned with Michelle. She broke up the alliance of Tony and Sarah. And in my opinion, that's enough. And so I, I think that the, the way the numbers broke down, I think it was correct. Tony, Natalie, then Michelle. Oh, I disagree with you there. I I mean, totally. The It's subjective, obviously. So I can't disagree. I can't say your opinion is, is not valid or anything. But I do think for me, Michelle played a far better game than Natalie. But at the very least, I do think Michelle show, like kind of proved why her first win was a solid win. Uh, and why, it kind of just showed people why she did win the first time around. You know, she wasn't always in the strategic loop. Most of the time she wasn't, but she played a very, very strong social game. She knew how to play from the bottom and she just had that sass and that attitude and was, was scrappy the whole time. And just the reason I think she should have gotten second, I mean, Natalie was the, f- like, I, I'm just, gener- and this isn't, 
and Chris, I hope you don't take this the wrong way. I'm generally anti-returnees in Survivor. So unless you did what Underwood did and you play balls out from the time you get back in. And also, Chris wasn't the first boot. He was the third boot. We got two of the best third boots of all time right here, by the way. I haven't mean to say that. But (laughs) Natalie goes home first. Obviously, I respect her hustle. But it's like, is hustling to get fire tokens what I think of as great Survivor, a winning Survivor game? No. And then she gets back in and makes kind of... And she gets back in only because of these advantages that she got, which are valid, but she's not winning that challenge if she doesn't have those advantages, which are based around this weird financial economy. And then she plays kind of like a 6 out of 10 game from there. She doesn't play a 10 out of 10 game. Michelle's there all 39 days, and she's not in the strategic loop, which is why she doesn't deserve to win, but she's playing a great social game. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I just think real quick before you answer, Chris, Jack, you need to put your recliner chair on all the way back because okay. like you, I just feel like this couch quarterbacking that you're doing, I, I don't know why you are not giving Natalie the like the uh, and even more. She was first out and the last person back in. Again, I can't say enough i'm not an natalie stand but i don't know why i just feel so passionate about that like she got back in and should have been in my opinion the first boot out soon as she got back in but yet here she is in the final three it's just and a difference me, of opinion I-, I mean yeah you know but to me that says something so i mean to me that speaks to me now let's let chris be the final uh br- the judge breaker what, what you say on it chris <laughs> uh, uh so there's 16 16 votes right yeah right i like if we're talking about fair, like fair, like fair assessment, in my mind, it should either be 10 3 3 or 8 4 4. Like, I think that. Eight four four. Yeah, that's sixteen. <laughs> I think that uh, <laughs> I think that that the the game I really having spent time with Michelle, Michelle is a hoot. Like Michelle is a riot and I can see how like she is one of the best when it comes to being playing a social game. And I think that, that she was a deserve the beauty of this final this three fun- was it was a deserving final three. Mm-hmm. Every single person in there right. I truly believe believe deserved to be there and um and i think that like it could have been it I would have loved to have seen a tie. Like it would have been awesome to see a tie. I don't. It wouldn't Ooh. have happened because yeah. it wouldn't have happened because of Natalie's personal bonds that you know she did build on the edge. And and I think that like you know Tyson voting for her and Poverty voting for her, like those were her. That was her tribe. Like on on the edge of extinction. And even me, like as as you know, being someone who's self aware, the couple of votes maybe that um you know that people voted for me. Like if if we eliminate the those you know votes because of the edge of extinction i think i'm still on top maybe with like a seven four or a six four but the 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 thing that i i wish would have happened is that people saw and gave um you know natalie michelle credit but it's also it's just hard because you you don't really as a person who's trying to vote on the jury you don't vote for someone to like take away from someone else's game to get second place like you vote for a winner Mm. And the when the people who felt strongly about the person who should win, they voted for Tony and they voted for Natalie, right? So yeah. I I don't I love I loved Michelle's gameplay. It just was was um not as comprehensive as Tony's and not as flashy as Natalie's and people like excitement and it's tough to it's tough to win with a 
comp incredibly comprehensive in an incredibly um flashy game like no matter how you spin it coming back from first boot to final three is flashy as hell so like you yeah. you th that's why she just didn't play as flashy a game and you know maybe if the you know i don't know she played the 50 50 idol for jeremy right instead of playing it for herself True. um that would have been something that would have tipped the she would have gone home like that, that round though if she did that but i know what you're saying well did, would she have i think the vote was split three two two so if jeremy was safe the revote i think michelle would have gone home uh, but i know what yeah. you're saying if she had had that opportunity i mean she did give him a, i know what you're saying i totally agree uh and I, I am saying i just think michelle deserves second over natalie but to me tony's like the goat if he had swept the if he had swept the jury i wouldn't be like oh they deserve some votes because i just think tony outright played yeah Beyond if they, if farm right. this game, I think yep. he, I, I, yeah. And I, at this point, I'd, I'd like to get your opinions on this real quick. I think Tony might be the best player of all time at, at, at this point, and obviously it kind of is subjective because you can't really judge the best off just a, a sample of seasons. But just from the from the evidence in the performance we've gotten, do you, would you guys say Tony's the greatest player yes. of all time? Yes, uh, I think hands down, I, full circle. Okay, yeah, all right, yeah, full so, circle from getting voted out from winning, and then correcting his and then getting voted out round two and then mm. correcting his mistakes and just tying every set like all of it up right yeah. in a beautiful little bow and giving delivering it to all survivor fans is just the greatest gift ever you know king tony winners at war winner like you know yeah he dominated put and, a pin in it like we're done so just to wrap it up i think that kind of wraps up our discussion of the final episode but i do want to just wrap up the season a little bit. This is the this is the last episode of this Survivor season, Winners at War, and what a hell of a season it was. There's not really any Survivor in the in the foreseeable near future. We know they're trying to do something this this fall or whatever, but nothing nothing in the books right now. Just what, what are your thoughts on the season overall, and then kind of what do you think of Survivor? Where Survivor's at? Season forty one. What's what do you think going forward? I um I loved Winners at War. I thought it was great. I loved all the players that came back. I would have liked if other winners were there, but I mm -hmm. think that. It it was a, an amazing season, and I still have hope that you know we'll still have a survivor in the fall. So I, mm -hmm. that that's my two t two cents on it. Under Wizard, I uh, agree. I think that um, if Survivor like were to end tomorrow, it would be it, it would be like I'd be. Ooh, don't say that though. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. But if it were in to end tomorrow, this season would be just a one of the best to go out on, right? And mm -hmm. I think that it's. I mean, freaking if Seal Team is on CBS, <laughs> you know, <laughs> going to the nine o'clock slot. They, there's no, there's no way that Survivor is not getting, you know, yeah. like as many, if not more viewers. So that like, so that's still there. Like there's still value there from a television show. And totally. we're going to support that because it has a cult following at this point. And um, so, yeah, I, no, no concern there. But just in terms of this being a, a season that represents all the things that we love about Survivor, it, and I honestly think that like if this, I actually no, I I take that back. I think that this, if with the with Tony winning, if there wasn't Edge of Extinction and Tony winning, it would be amazing. And it with Edge of Extinction, Tony winning, it's still amazing. Mm -hmm. Like I just am really really happy that he won. Um, and I think that this season was just you know just so hard and and. Uh, I would have loved to have played and, and, you know, timing was just, was just off and, 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 and I'm totally 
content, but like, man, let me, let me ask you, were you in, to, were you in the, uh, were you in the pipe for this, se- for this season? Um, yeah, yeah. So, and it was, it was actually like just kind of backstory. Um, the timing couldn't have been worse. Like I having after having one, I would have had to have flown out. Um, and the day of the night, pretty much the night of winning, like the next morning. And they actually asked me, um, they were not going to ask me, but they did. And it was, it was the day after I got married. So I'm literally like, yeah. you know, basically yeah. like 24 hours into what, into marriage and like having a feeling like we're going to have a really great summer and enjoy it. My wife's like, you know, thank God that the survivor journey's about to come to an end because the person that you are coming back from that has just had a lot of emotional and mental things we've had to deal through, you know, outside of the game uh-huh. and it was a really tough thing to like get pushed right back into that so i made totally made the right move for my sanity and my marriage um yeah. and just to, <laughs> just to end off the episode yeah. uh chris if, if they ask you again to come out at this point would you um yeah i think yeah yeah I, 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 it, again, it's the timing thing and, and the timing is much better and much sweeter mm. now than it, than it was. Um, you and know, hopefully Bryce the, will be out there with you for sure. I, so dude, we should just do, we just do third boots as a, as a season. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I absolutely will be here for it. And I thank you so much, Chris, for coming on the Purple Pants podcast. It has been a truly honor to have you here. I am just so excited to see what the future holds. I'm so excited to see the future holds in our, you know, projects we got on the wraps but i'm excited for that um thank you so much jack atkins as always thank you for another amazing survivor news season with you thank you so and much listen, Bryce. you know i got you and listen it's gonna wrap it up okay i didn't had under wizard on my podcast i can die see y'all keeping the menu rolling down the river ooh, 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 ooh. rolling rolling okay all right enough of tina enough of tina Go ahead, Tina. Rolling down the river. Tina, we not doing this right now. Left for good job in the... Okay, Tina. Sorry. But anyway, keeping the menu rolling. So, let me tell y'all about this Netflix uh, series, Hollywood. Now, I kept seeing people telling me about it. You know, the Purple Pants Posse. Y'all was right. Y'all was like, Bryce, you need to watch Hollywood. I think you'll enjoy it. I'm like, okay, y'all, I'm going to put it on my list. Now, I got a running list of about 14 shows that I need to get into. But, you know, Hollywood was on there. And so, my sister, Erica, she had texted me and was like, did you get into Hollywood yet? I think you would really enjoy it. So, I'm like, ugh, all right, let me get into Hollywood. So it probably started like, you know, that went last Wednesday after my mom's birthday surprise after Winners at War finale. Um, and, you know, I say, let me put Hollywood on. So I'm going to be honest. First two episodes, I'm like, what in the hell is this? It is like a whole bunch of sex. I'm like, now, wait a minute. Now, it was some, you know, homosexual sex, too. So I said, oh, okay, all right. Maybe this is why people telling me to watch it. But I'm like, I don't really want to watch a show about prostitution because that's what it was giving me at first. But, baby, when I tell y'all, when I got to, like, episode three through, and I think it's seven episodes, when I got to episode three and I really saw the plot taking and, like, what came to life, I was like... Oh, this is good. This is good, 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 good. So I want you guys to watch it. So, of course, this is a spoiler alert. So I'm going to like kind of like give the rundown of it. But I'm going to leave a lot for the eye and the ear for my listeners that have not checked it out. I'm going like, you know what I'm saying? I still want y'all to get into it. 
So I'm going to leave a lot out, but I'm going to cover enough that, you know, wet your whistle. And speaking of wetting the whistle, listen, I need to wet my whistle right now. So, you know, I'm on, you know, my weight loss journey. Not that I really need to lose weight, but, you know, I'm trying to slim on down, you know, eating right. And I'm doing really, really well. You know, baby, you know, now I got to include the, you know, the 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 weights and all of that other stuff. But so anyway, I, y'all like Bryce, we we just want to know what you wetting your whistle to. What, why are you going into all of that? Sorry, y'all. Left for good job in the city. Tina, we talking about Hollywood right now. So anyway, I'm drinking some Tito's because, you know, baby boy love Tito's. And I got a Diet Dr. Pepper cherry. Okay. So, yes, let me wet my whistle and then I'm going to get into this for y'all. Hold on. Mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So, where was I at? Hollywood. So, it takes place post-World War II in, like, the golden Hollywood ages. And so, there are a lot of soldiers returning home, and they are moving to Hollywood because Hollywood is booming, and they need a lot of actors. And a lot of these, like, soldiers coming home from World War II, like, don't have jobs. And so, what better way to get a job than be a glamorous actor? And so, a lot of them are zaddies. And so, a lot of the studios out in California, they are looking for actors, and they're looking for people to play, like, you know, like, little, little parts. And so, We meet one of the main characters. His name is Jack Costello. He just got home from the war. He got a wife. Okay. She pregnant and he is looking for work. However, he can't seem to get work every day. He goes out in front of these studios and literally they come out and they're like, all right, we need three actors. And then they just pick from the actors in the crowd. And Jack is a good looking, you know, he he look all right. All right. You know how I say Jack look all right. So Jack can't seem to catch a break with these Hollywood studios. So one day after he did not get picked for a part he goes to a bar and wets his whistle and he meets this guy named Ernie Ernie buys him a drink and Jack is like is he trying to come on to me but you know he doesn't really necessarily I mean it's weird because in that scene I'm like is Ernie coming on to him but Ernie is trying to get his attention so another day Jack doesn't get a part Jack runs up at the bar Ernie buys him a drink And he like, why are you buying me drinks? Like, I don't understand it. And so Ernie's like, I got a way for you to make money. You know, I understand. I seen your type before. You're a good looking kid. If you want to make money, come to my gas station. So Jack ends up going to the gas station and bay bay. So the 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 gas station is really like 2020s fans only. You know, all these people got these fans only page. That's really what the, the gas station is. It's a prostitution ring. So a lot of the affluent women and men pull up to the gas station and these Ernie got a slew of these hot young zaddies and they act like they pumping gas and the people pull up and say, I like to go to Hollywood. No, I like to go to Wonderland. And they pull off and have sex with them. So Jack says he can't do it at first then he gets into it however after one day of work jack sees like a hundred dollars and that's a lot of money back in the day you know the golden days so jack's like yes and ernie's like okay listen i got one more job for you to do just go around back and then if you can finish that up real quick you'll get your money jack's like okay jack goes around back and baby honey honey whoo Chile, it's a young man up in there who wants some of Jack Costello. And Jack's like, I can't do this, Ernie. I'm not gay. I can't do it. I can't do it. And Jack's like, what do you mean? You want this $100? And so Jack's like, I'm not going to do it. And Ernie's like, you know what? Well, forget it. Give me the money. So Jack quits the gas station and he figures like, you know, I ain't going to do this. I ain't going to sell my soul. However, fast forward two more weeks when he realizes that his wife is pregnant with twins and they live in a one bedroom apartment and he needs the money. However, he knows that he burned his bridge with Ernie. So Jack goes to a gay movie theater 
where, you know, a lot of guys are like hooking up and he sees this one African-American male who seems to be like, you know, out there, not there for fun, but there for a coin. And so Jack meets this guy. His name's Ernie, Ernie Coleman. He's a major character, a major role of the, the show. And he convinces Ernie one way or another that, you know, if you want to make money, I got a way to make money. And so Jack is like, well, listen, I don't want to do the gay stuff. I can get Artie to do it. So Jack brings Artie to Ernie and match made in heaven. They are, you know, out there selling a bop, 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 okay, at the gas station. And it's really going well. So a lot of the people that come to the gas station are very affluent and powerful people. For instance, we have this one of the main characters named Avis. Avis comes to the gas station and, you know, she's like one of Jack's favorites. Avis is also the wife to Ace. Ace owns Ace Studios. Now, that's like, you know, the big studio at the time. And she really likes Jack. Now, Jack at this point is meeting other women. And what he's realizing is that a lot of these women that are coming to the gas station work at the studio and so jack has met one of these one met one of these ladies who can get him into a movie so he has a screen test the next morning and so he's out with avis and he's like avis i can't stay out for late because i have a screen test and avis is like baby what for what studio and he's like a studio and avis is like baby you know my husband runs a studio she like stay out with me and i'll get you covered now another thing about the young african-american uh guy that jack brought in Artie, Artie is a screenwriter you know he's just not out at Hollywood at these theaters you know tricking with these guys like you know he's doing that to pay his bills however he wants to be a screenwriter so he submitted his screenplay to one of the theaters however he because you know given the time the post-war he's black he kind of like left out the fact that he's black because during that time there were no black writers for movies so Artie as he's working at the gas station, meets this guy named Rock Hudson. And Rock Hudson is an aspiring actor. However, he has to be in the closet because if he wants to be an actor, he can't be openly gay. So Rock is going to the gas station, no pun intended, to get his rocks off. So he meets Artie. Artie and him start kind of hooking up. But they have a connection. However, it is a weird connection because Rock really likes Artie. And Artie likes Rock. But Artie ain't no fool. Artie, like, I came out here to make money. And I came out here to get my play seen. And I, I didn't come to fall in love. However, they sort of kind of fall in love. Now, meanwhile, back at Ace Studio, there is a new director that they hire. A young guy named Raymond. Now, Raymond is Jewish. But he tries to hide the fact that he's Jewish because, again, this time, it's not like, you know, everyone can't be themselves this time because it's like you know they didn't like the Jews there was no way that they would have a Jew director that was like the norm back then so he is an upcoming young director and he gets green he gets the permission to green light a movie so but before he can green light a movie they're like look through all these other scripts and you got to work with one of these scripts and so he comes across script called Peg and Peg was written by guess who Artie but when Artie submitted the script he did not let them know that he was black 
and when he spoke to the people at a studio you know he put on his good old voice and said oh this is ice so they would never know that he was black now mind you get the tea on raymond raymond's girlfriend is camille camille is a on contract actor at a studio she is probably the most beautiful actor there actress excuse me she's an african-american female and she is very talented however the only roles that camille seemed to be getting are the ones of the maid and the help and it's just not really fair so raymond gets this movie peg greenlit and it's like so exciting he meets Artie, and they are really trying to like work together and you know all of these actors rock hudson jack costello now mind you y'all it's a lot i'm missing out so some of y'all that you know seen it are like well bryce you missing out a whole bunch well i don't want to give a lot of it away because again like i said before i really want some of the purple pants posse that did not see hollywood i really want them to be surprised however what i will say is that what really took me by surprise was hollywood what starts off a, a lot of sex a lot of prostitution however the way it ends up is like it's fighting for the right to have a black female actress star in a movie not only that it's fighting for the right to have a black writer okay have a screenplay in the movies it's also fighting for the right for the lgbtq community to come out and be able to be gay and be open and to be able to be an actor be able to be a writer it's just so much and then you also deal with you know jack costello his character went to the war and he got married before he left for the war because you know he thought he was going to die and he doesn't really love his wife but he wants to stay with his wife and then so you deal with that whole thing of Jack trying to like figure out his place then you also get to just see the nasty side of Hollywood and Hollywood at that time there were a lot of like gay men in the closet who would use their power to get like these young very attractive men to do sexual favors for them so it's just like this movie just took on so much more I keep calling it a movie the series took on so much more than what I expected from the first two episodes because I was like, what, what? what's all of this sex doing? So it is really, really good. So listen, that's the recap I'm giving y'all because I do not want to spoil it for anyone because it was that good. I had texted my mom Friday night like, oh my God, mom, I started this series Hollywood. It's really good. Baby, Saturday afternoon, my mom calling me like, Bryce, I'm crying at the last episode. And at that point, I didn't get to the last episode. Then I got to the last episode and child, I was crying along with Barb. So listen, guys, if you have not checked out Hollywood on Netflix it is a five star recommendation for me it is amazing just get past the first two episodes and the first two episodes aren't even bad it's just a lot of sex and I normally don't complain about a lot of sex but I'm like well what's the point but baby when I tell you this series has such a great ooh, a great purpose a great story get into it guys all right, moving right along, we're going to get into this week's episode of the HBO show, Insecure, which I highly recommend. I always say this about the show. What I love about this show is that I see myself in a lot of the characters. She is a Issa Rae, plays herself Issa as like, you know, a young 30-year-old trying to just figure out her life in L.A. And so we know last week she threw the block party. The block party was a huge success. However, once Molly found out that Issa had contacted her boyfriend, Andrew, that's 
to help her get a headliner. Molly had a fit and decided to confront Issa at the block party. They got into a heated argument. While they got into a heated argument, someone saw Molly going to her pocketbook innocently on Molly's part. But when someone saw that, they yelled, gun! And a whole just chaos broke out at the block party and it was essentially ruined. However, the block party was already over. So this episode picks up the next day. Issa in bed. And she checks her phone. Her friend Kelly and her brother are blowing her up. Like, what are you doing, girl? Call me back. Let me know. And then Issa goes online and is reading like the reviews of the block party. And the reviews of the block party are actually kind of like popping. So Issa is really just taking this time to herself to figure out like, what am I going to do after this? And it happens to be a Sunday. Her and Molly generally do a self-care Sunday. And Issa is like, well, listen, I'm going to just continue to do the self-care Sunday myself. She cleaned her apartment. You know, she just getting herself together and really trying to, like, figure things out as to, like, how she should move forward. Her friend Kelly continues to call her, but Issa is just, like, not ready to figure stuff out. So Issa is like, you know what? Let me treat myself. Let me do something. She goes and does painting with a twist. She goes to painting with a twist by herself. She meets these young girls. And mind you, I don't know if you guys ever know the show Proud Family, Kyra Pratt, who plays Proud Family. Like, that was Kyra Pratt on there. I was like, yes, Kyra Pratt. So she meets these, like, three ladies, and Kyra Pratt is getting married, and this is, like, her bachelorette weekend. So Issa friends these ladies. They have a good time. And the ladies are like, well, you basically the plug in L.A., Issa. Like, what um, what can we do after this? And Issa's like, I don't really know. They're like, well, we're going to the bar across the street if you want to come with us. So Issa's like, sure. So Issa goes, has drinks with them, and then Issa's like, I gotta go to the bathroom one of the girls is like i go to the bathroom with you too so Issa is in the bathroom talking to the girl and all of a sudden like Issa, like hello you there and the girl's not there Issa goes outside the ladies are gone and so Issa picks up this piece of paper and it's basically like you know i don't know the girl name but i'll just say dr pepper dr pepper's bachelorette and basically it's like painting with a twist make a best friend and dine and dash and double points if you could do them together so basically they dined and dash on Issa. Issa also it's just really like in this place of molly when Molly and her were fighting, Molly was like, you always are so messy. You're the messiest I know. So this episode, you really see Issa trying to like get herself together. She befriended these girls thinking like, let me be nice to these girls. She also was driving down the street. This old guy missed the bus. And so she picks this old guy up, child, which I would never do and takes him to where he has to go. But it's just a whole mess because he is a little old senile, almost goes to the bathroom on himself in her car. But we see Issa trying to like get herself together and try to like do the right thing in a lot of these situation which again reminds me of myself if I ever get in a fight or I get mad at something I always like you know the next day I always try to be the best me that I could be so Issa ends up going to her mom's house and the way that the series kind of like divulges Issa's mom to us this is the first season that we've ever really met Issa's mom but we sense that Issa and her mom are not close like that And we know that Issa and Molly are not on speaking terms right now. So Issa doesn't really have anywhere to to turn. So she goes to her mom's house and they are just talking about normal stuff, random stuff. But in the middle of like a conversation, Issa breaks down and she just starts crying and her mom consoles her. And then the next scene, we see Issa talking to her mom about the situation. And it's like really like therapeutic for Issa to talk about it and as Issa is leaving her mom's house her friend Kelly calls and Kelly's like have you called Molly yet and Issa's like no I'm not calling her she didn't call me and her friend Kelly is like well what I know about my friendships is that like if we let something sit too long and now this is what I'd be like this show is talking to me because Kelly says like if you let 
things sit too long, things can be worked out if you talk about it. But if you let it sit too long, then you forget why you even mad and you're just holding a grudge. And baby, that's me. And so I try to, as like, you know, I get up there in my my late 20s in my early 30s I really try to whenever I get into arguments especially if it's someone in my life that I care about I try to be the bigger person and the more mature person and talk about it I'm not always perfect but I always try to kind of like put that best foot forward so that's what Kelly is saying like Kelly is like you know you really need to do it and Issa's like well she wrong too so she can hit me up and Kelly's like just forget about that so Issa goes home Issa like returns to a clean house and like let me get something to eat so Issa is on her way to get some Ethiopian food so when she arrives to the Ethiopian spot guess who is sitting at that table it's Molly and I'm like oh and in my mind I'm like yes I'm so happy like Issa's gonna go in and they're gonna talk because I don't I don't like it when friends beef I like friends to work it out but Issa kind of like takes a deep breath She's about to go in and then she gets back in her car and boom, that's the episode. I'm like, why y'all do this to me? But again, I love Insecure. It's so relatable. It's so real. And it's only 30 minutes. You don't have to give a lot of time to it. And it's just so good. So if you guys have not checked it out, make sure you check out Insecure on HBO. It comes on 10 p.m. and we're on season four. So you could go back and catch up with the rest of the seasons. Yes, we are at one of my favorite segments, the Purple Pants Picks. You pick, I say, every week, every Saturday morning, I post to my Instagram, Bryce Isaiah, drop some topics for the Purple Pants Picks. I put a picture of some blue jeans. And yes, you can write in anything that you guys want to talk about, pop culture, music, whatever you want, baby boy got it. So let's get into this week's Purple Pants Picks. Naomi Kurtman on Instagram writes, what do you think of the beaches reopening? Can people social distance on the beach? Naomi! So I don't agree with it, Naomi. However, I try to be like reasonable in my senses that like it's the summertime, it's getting hot, People don't want to be up in this house. But at the same time, I feel like I've got people in my life that I don't want to get sick. And what my fear is, is that these beaches will open. People will congregate. The COVID virus will continue to transfer and transfer and transfer and transfer. Those people will go home. Those people will have friends over. Those friends will travel. Like, you know what I mean? And it's just like a never ending thing. And I I get it. You know, don't get me wrong. I get it. I want to go out. I want to have fun. And I want to do things. But. I have made a decision and I think I've shared this with you guys before that this summer I'm not going to any places that have large gatherings. I'm keeping a very quiet summer. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm still going to go out and do things, but I'm going to just try to do them in a very like smart and very respectful and not large way. Like, you know, I I'm not going to no beaches. I'm not going to amusement parks. I'm probably not going to travel, which is going to kill me, but I feel like I have to do my part. And so I get it. People want things to do and people. So it is definitely a hard call, but I I just don't feel like with everything that we know about this COVID-19, all the people that have 
passed away, all the people that are sick, all the people that are on a ventilator, like it's like, guys, we got to see the bigger picture. So I, I don't agree with it, Naomi. However, I understand why they're doing it. You know, people ain't going to just stay in their house. You know, people ain't going to, but child, listen, it don't matter what I say up on this Purple Pants podcast because they're going to do what they're going to do. Now, listen, random story. I have some friends that live in Atlanta, Georgia, and over the weekend, Bay Bag, you know, <laughs> you know, Atlanta opened back up. And so on Saturday night, I had FaceTime one of my friends and he was out and about at a restaurant with some other friends. And baby, the restaurant was packed. Okay, and while I was on FaceTime with him, the waiter came over, delivered a food. The waiter ain't have no face mask on. The restaurant was when I say packed with people, packed with people. I'm just like, what? Like, don't y'all do y'all not understand? And I get it, guys. I get it. The economy. People need money. But I'm like, well, you also need your life to be able to spend money. So it, Naomi, it's just a lot. I, I just, I, oh, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But you won't catch me on no beach. Now, mind you, if I had a lake, a private lake in the back of my, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I do that. I go run in the park. I go running in the park in the morning when I'm by myself. But I, you just wouldn't catch me on a beach. But what, what can I say? Like, I, listen. And people think that like and they and they wonder why. Why why are we still on these restrictions? Listen, this is why. Because people travel, okay? I like I don't I don't understand it. But all right. So next purple pants pick is from Caleb WH25. The best advice you ever were given in life. Well, I would have to say the best advice I was given was by a friend that told me, continue to be yourself, Bryce. Don't ever change who you are and continue to be yourself. And guess what? Others will adjust. Okay. That's the best advice I've ever been told because a lot of the times growing up, I was so concerned about what people had to say about me, how people cared about me. What, like, you know, I just was so concerned with my image and that I tried to like be something that I was not. And I was doing a horrible job at it at that. So one of the best advice I ever received was continue to be you shining your light, be whoever you are. And guess what? Others will adjust. So that was the best advice I ever received. Uh, the next Purple Pants pick is from Joey.Hatch. He writes, have you seen the video about the buffet on the cruise and the blue light? Yes. Listen, now you want to talk about them beaches reopening? Now, I don't know what the name of this video was, but Purple Pants Posse, tell me if you've seen this video where it's this guy and they like simulate, am I saying it right? Simulate a buffet and they put like this blue gel on this guy's hands that you can't see but when you put on the black light you can see the blue gel and so the guy is sitting at a table he gets up from the table he goes over to the buffet scoop picks up a plate scoops one thing at the buffet into his plate pours a glass of like juice or whatever into his cup and then goes and sits back down baby when they Turn on the blue light. And mind you, that was probably like in under two minutes. They turn on the blue light. That blue gook that was on his hands is practically everywhere in that buffet. 
And so they were doing it as an experiment of like the COVID-19 and like just how easily things can be transferred. When y'all, I don't, I'm gonna have to go to try to find what the name of that video was, but I'm sure you can like Google like black light experiment with buffet. Like it's scary. First of all, it make me want to never eat at a buffet, but listen, you know, baby, when it's all over, listen, I need me a good old buffet, but I ain't going to no buffet right now, but it just shows you how Things can spread so easily, like within three minutes. Like, first of all, some of the blue stuff was on the ceiling. I'm like, how did it get on the ceiling? I don't get it. I don't get it. Okay. Um, then the next purple pants picks we have is from Melissa Lynn Bradley. She writes, with it being graduation season and a lot of people not being able to celebrate their graduations, what do you recommend we as friends and family do? Great question, Melissa. What I recommend as family and friends of people that have graduates, like my nephew is graduating from high school this year. His name's Jalen, but I call him my squishy pushy. Um, what I recommend is doing something special, like, you know, organizing a drive-by, organizing, like, you know, having people compile videos saying congratulations and send it to them. Like, think outside of the box. Like, you know, even though they cannot have a graduation, try to make something so special. I've seen, I've even seen people on, like, Insta, on Instagram where one dad, he actually, like, recreated a graduation ceremony in their backyard so that his daughter could walk across the stage and receive her diploma. Think outside of the box. And I think that like, you know, with this time that we have, it's so important for us to celebrate milestones, celebrate birthdays, celebrate graduations, celebrate babies, but do it in a safe and unconventional way. And the unconventional way can be so much more memorable and so much more special. Like, again, I go back to my mom. You know, I didn't give my mom nothing, you know, for her birthday. I just organized this. And when I tell you out of all of the gifts that I got my mom for her birthday these years, and I get my mom good gifts, by far, I would have to say this was the best gift ever because to see my mom's reaction of just how of the people taking their time out of their day to drive to where my mom lives and to just like show her love like and it's just about the little things and so I, that's what I think that you guys can do for these graduates show them love show appreciation show how proud you are and like put that love into something that they can see from a distance from six feet away keeping your social distance okay then we got Juicy IPA writes Joe Judici or Joe Judice. Okay, listen. Now, when I see, and I said, now, what is she talking about? She sent me a DM and I said, baby. So, you know, Teresa Judice from the Real Housewives of New Jersey. You know, I love me some tree. Uh, you know, her husband. They went to, she went to jail. He went to jail. But when he went to jail, they figured out that he had not filed the correct paperwork. He got deported. There was a deport. There was a whole case about it. He lost the case and he's over there in Italy. Now, I guess since he over there in Italy, you know, he don't really got no job. And, you know, Teresa over here with the kids and she making the money. I guess Joe is figuring out like, I need to make some money some type of way. So, baby, TMZ is reporting, get this, that the former. Real Housewives of New Jersey husband has signed a deal with the Celebrity Boxing, okay? And he is slated to fight October 24th in the Bahamas. He doesn't have an opponent yet, but they are looking for takers. And the match will consist of three one-minute, 30-second rounds, okay? Three-minute, one-minute, wait, 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 wait. The match will consist of three one-minute, 
30 second rounds. Oh, a minute and 30 seconds. Y'all know I'm, listen, y'all know I'm on that Tito's, okay? So he done signed with these celebrity boxing promoters, okay? Child, listen, when you, when you divorcing your wife and you get deported to Italy, times get tough. You never know. You might see Joe Judice in the purple pants, badass, boxing it out, okay? Listen, if that check right, you could catch me in the Bahamas. But listen, guys, that's going to conclude this week's purple pants picks. You know the deal get at me on saturday mornings i'll post a photo of some jeans to my instagram story at bryce isaiah b-r-i-c-e-i-z-y-a-h i'll say drop some topics you guys drop the topics of what you want and i will definitely put it in to the purple pants picks it is time for advice given to you by price it's time for advice with bryce we are back once again here on Advice with Bryce, and we have another great submission from you listeners. So let's get right into it. Hi, Bryce. I am a 40-something woman whose marriage is ending. During this time, I am reevaluating my life, what I want, and what I am looking for. I have decided that I want to start dating women. I've been attracted to women from a young age, but as I was also attracted to men, I went that route throughout my life. Now I'm feeling like this is an aspect of my being that I need to bring into the light and explore. Do you have any advice on coming out? Thank you. We're just going to keep this one anonymous. And if you feel like you need advice with Bryce here on the Purple Pants Podcast at any point, reach out. Email us at purplepantspodcast at gmail.com. Wow. Thanks again, Nasir. And whew, Chile. Yes, anonymous. Well, first of all, congratulations for living in your truth. Not congratulations for ending, you know, your relationship, but for you to like live in your truth. I think that that takes that's a, such a courageous thing. Um, the advice that I would have for you is that, you know, somebody in Purple Pants Pick said, what's the best advice that I, you ever got? And I want to bestow that on you. Live in your truth, okay? The rest will adjust. I don't really necessarily think that, and this is just my personal opinion, I never, like, I don't really think that you need to announce to everybody that, like, you know, you're gay or that, like, you know, you are bisexual or whatever because, like, for what? Like, I, I don't ever really, like, see the need for the announcement. I do see the need for people that you care about and that are in your life that, you know, share with them. Let them know like what's going on. Like, you know, I'm I'm trying something new. I'm trying something different. I definitely like always, you know, let the people around you know the your loved ones, your support system, uh, what's going on. But yeah, anonymous, living your truth had like you know, life is short. If this quarantine, if this COVID-19 has shown us anything, is that like tomorrow's not promised. You, we don't know what next week going to look like. So live in the now and whatever that means to you and whatever that you feel is that what you should be giving out to the world. And it's just such a glorious time that you can finally like live in your truth. I think that's amazing. I don't have much advice for you other than be you, like be you and Figure out, well, actually, I'm lying. What the advice that I have is figure out who you are. Figure out what you like. Figure out, you know, and I've just, I, and I say this time and time again, I feel like uh, on Advice with Bryce is that we live in these society norms that tell us, it's one way or the other way. But guess what? There is no way. Like, figure it out. And I think that that is like you are at such a pivotal and amazing point in your life that you actually get to figure yourself out. You are giving yourself permission to do what you want. And that is such a liberating thing. And so my advice for you is during this time that you are dating women, but before you date 
anybody, I think that it's, you know me, important to grieve the the end of the one relationship. And I always say, before you move into another relationship, I think that it's important for you to get in touch with yourself. Figure out what you like. Figure out what you want in a partner. Like, and once you explore that, then yes, girls, go date, 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 have fun, be safe, and just really like live your life without worrying about anything not anything but without worrying about the shame or worrying about the guilt of something like nope life is too short anonymous and i'm here for it and i'm proud of you and i love it and i like i i really don't have a lot of advice for you other than take time to figure out who you are what you want this next chapter to be like what you want a partner to be like what are some of the things that you want in a partner stability like you know things like that and then girl date and you know child this dating game out here is something serious but listen you know sometimes you got to date and figure out what you don't want and what you do want but listen 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 okay continue to live in your truth and the others will adjust if there are people in your life that can't accept that then guess what they wasn't never really for you anyway so don't worry about stuff like that okay if anybody that doesn't want to support you or doesn't want to go on this journey with you tell them see ya wouldn't want to be ya because guess what on this journey in your life you are living in your truth and you are being a hundred percent authentic yourself and so i am so excited for you congratulations i hope this advice helped you and any other listener that is looking for advice your baby boy got you just make sure you email me at purplepantspodcast at gmail.com and your baby boy got you covered the following message is brought to you by Give me a B. B. Give me an A. A. Give me an R. R. Give me a B. 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 Let me hear it. B. A. R. B. Bar. 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 B. A. R. B. Bar. 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 Hi, this is Miss Barb, and today I have a few words I want to share with you. Be the person who breaks the cycle. If you were judged, choose understanding. If you were rejected, choose acceptance. If you were shamed, choose compassion. Be the person you needed when you were hurting, not the person who hurt you. Vow to be better than what broke you, to heal instead of becoming bitter so you can act from your heart, not your pain. Love you. Yes, thanks, Mom, for another great edition of Barb's Message. And you know what I'm about to say. My mom always loves to hear from you guys. So if you got something from this message, if you like this message, yes, tweet me and let me know. Because I screenshot them and I send them to the Barb and she loves to read them. (laughs) All right. Until next time for Barb's Message. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the... Freak of the week. Who's that? Oh, who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be. Yes, Freak of the Week, bang, bang. I'm so excited. So, you know, I was just minding my business, scrolling through the Instagram, and I came across a very intriguing post, okay? So, I went on 
the Instagram, like I was saying, and I was scrolling, 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 scrolling through, and I happened to see Marcus Lehman. You know, you may remember him from Survivor Gabon. You know me. I love Survivor Gabon with Kenny and Crystal. And, you know, Marcus had an interesting post. He had a post of him. It looked like he was stripping from shorts into a man bikini of the American flag. And it looks like Dr. Marcus Lehman is going to be a contestant on the new Fox dating show, Labor of Love. Okay? Labor of Love reminds me a lot of like love is blind you know them love shows the bachelor and it features a young lady named christy who has reached her height in her career and it looks like she's ready to settle down and meet a man and have a baby and so it looks like it's a dating show but baby i love me some dr marcus so yes first of all when y'all go to dr marcus's instagram page it's dr dr marcus Lehman, L-E-H-M-A-N, and see him stripping off. Yes, first of all, y'all know, go to that page and let him know he is the freak of the week. But yes, when you go see it, I'm like, oh, listen. So, Labor of Love comes on Fox, and it starts this Thursday, May 21st. So, wait a minute. We might have to put Labor of Love on the menu and check it out and see what they're talking about. But yes, Dr. Marcus is definitely the freak of the week. Okay, Dr. Marcus look all right. But, huh, so... That means if we didn't got to our freak of the week, that means we are coming to the end of this podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Don't forget, guys, please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Write me a review. Give me a five star rating and tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast. Okay. And listen, you know where to find me next week. I'll be right here in your ears because, you know, it's a it's a. It's the purple pants, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back though. It's the purple pants, it's the purple pants.